Welcome to Hot Off the Press, a podcast that provides knowledge and emotional support for new and aspiring printers. I'm Jillian of Studio Soprano. And I'm Mariah of Mariah Creates, and we are two letterpress printers who believe in sharing our knowledge and learning together. We're here to help bridge the gap between antique printing methods and modern design. So hang up your apron, put down those palette knives, and let's get into what's hot off the press. Hello, friends, and welcome back to Hot Off the Press. I'm Jillian of Studio Soprano, and I am here with the ever-amazing Mariah of Mariah Creates. And today, we are also joined by a very special guest who we are so excited to have on because we have watched her go from wanting a press to owning a press to running that press like a GD boss. (laughs) (laughs) So we are so excited to talk about all kinds of things revolving around time, time management, outsourcing, and bringing on a special part of your business like Letterpress with Kara Joe from Nap Design Co. Kara Joe, thank you so much for being here. Yay! Welcome. Yay! <laughs> thanks for having me. Yeah, it's about time. We have talked about this for a long time now, but. Uh, We're kind of getting towards the tail end of season two. We were like, we have to have Kara Jo on this season. So um, thanks for joining us and taking the time to be on Hot Off the Press. Let's get started with, for our listeners and for us, a little history of Nap Design Co., if you will, and then we'll get into our questions for you. Awesome. So uh, Nap Design Co. started 2018. (laughs) Uh, I was getting married and I was a calligrapher at the time and I thought it would be like a really great idea to make my own wedding invitations and uh, I was clearly because I like decided to start a (laughs) business with it but (laughs) uh, I started to have you know some friends asked me to do calligraphy and like design stuff for them because I've been a designer my whole life so that's they're like, oh, if I need something designed, I got to talk to Kara. Like, that's just what I have to do. And so I, since I like kind of put myself out there and I was like, I do calligraphy. Do you want some? <laughs> and then I had somebody ask me to do their invites and I was like, yeah, I'll do that for you. Yeah. I have no idea how much to charge. I think I charged like $200 for like 75 invites, like out the door. <laughs> and I was like, oh yeah, I'm rolling in it now. I started to do more and more invitations and other designing things for my friends. And then I eventually just like went and I was like, I'm going to start a business. I'm going to do wedding invitations for people. And I went full time in 2019, kind of. I got laid off in 2019 and I took a part time job as a consultant doing uh, user experience design management e-commerce stuff. was me in a past life. And then that company like kind of went under in February of 2020. And I was like, this is it. I'm going to go full time with my business. This is it. <laughs> and then it was 2020. So, you know, oh, that was fun. Shit really hit the fan then. Yeah. Um. Wow. I didn't know that timing. That's kind of crazy. I can only imagine like how terrifying and possibly exhilarating that must have been. Um. Wow. Yeah. So how many weddings had you done up until that, like February, 2020 mark? Had you done like for non-friends, let's say, just like as a ballpark figure? I want to say 
I did in twenty like twenty eighteen, twenty nineteen, like ten, like ten. Yeah, <laughs> ten sounds like a great number. It might have been twelve, but yeah. we'll say ten. <laughs> well, ten sounds good to us. Yeah. We like those even round numbers. That's crazy. <laughs> and then, so in twenty twenty, when you so you got the business, the company went out of business in twenty in February of twenty twenty, right? Yeah. So yeah, I was on vacation, and I come back uh, and they're like. <laughs> you're done and we're everybody's gone and I was like okay I guess I'm gonna do this now (laughs) man well okay so then in 2020 what did that year look like for you like how did that actually how did nap design co do in 2020 was it just like a whole bunch of question marks was it like everything on hold how did that go so I actually had a really good 2020 (laughs) yeah I have a weird like sense of guilt for not failing in 2020 uh, but I got extremely motivated because we bought our first house and we actually closed on it the day that Denver went into lockdown. So it was like a weird transition. It was like, start my business full time, buy a house, go into lockdown, figure everything out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like in March, just figure it out. And so I am extremely motivated and I don't see failure as an option. And so I just like, decided that I was going to succeed and I was going to make money. And so I had booked a few clients. I think I had booked like eight clients for 2020 and I was feeling pretty great. And then um, I had some of them save our new date or whatever. I had to yeah, change the date. Yeah. <laughs> change the date. That's it. <laughs> so I had all these clients who had a, like a, a bigger budget. Well, at that time I thought it was a bigger budget, but then they downsized their wedding from like 200 people to like 25. And so, but they're like, but we still want to spend the same amount of money. So I got to do some really cool things yeah. for people that like, normally you wouldn't want a $25 place card, you know, but for 25 <laughs> people, it doesn't seem so bad. Yeah. That's amazing. So I got to do some really fun, like unique things. And I think that kind of started to set me up as the like person who does like not just like a name on a place card or a piece of paper, which I, I still love, honestly. Yeah. Um, so I think that's kind of where like my trajectory started was like with that in 2020. Yeah, that's amazing. I It's like, it's almost like you got catapulted by the fact that you had these, uh, you know, even a couple of clients who were like, yeah, the budget's still the same. Like we've already basically spent it, just use it. You know, like yeah. that mentality allows you a lot of room to really play. And yeah. when I, I firmly believe that when creatives are allowed to just run with something, then there's like no, like the sky is the limit. Like you'll get so much more cool stuff that way. So that's, that's pretty, uh, that's pretty fortunate. And we are very happy for you on that. Um, I think that I found you on Instagram I almost, I almost wonder if it was 2019, but it probably was 2020. I think when I found you, you were still like fairly new in stationary and I was brand new in stationary at that point. So, um, I've, I definitely like, yeah, I feel like that sounds right to my, in my brain, but, um, yeah, it's been really cool for us to like watch you go from like just being this badass stationer and doing these really cool stuff. And then you're like, Hey, I'm thinking about this, getting this press. And I was like, Yes, I love this for you. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, so tell us a little about like bringing that in house and when did you decide to outsource letterpress? Um, obviously, I know a little about the story of you getting your press, but you'll have to tell us that again. And then, you know, maybe some of the biggest surprises or like learning curves when it came to actually becoming a printer and not just a stationer or designer. 
So I decided to get my press in this year, 2022. Mm -hmm. Oh my God, it was only this year. (laughs) (laughs) I got my press February 27th. Yeah, okay. I know that because it was the day before the last day of February and she had to be out of her current space by March 1st. And I was just like cutting it close. (laughs) (laughs) But I decided to get a letterpress. Um, So I've been into, I've been into stationery since, uh, like forever <laughs> and when I was in college they had like a small letterpress studio there that I could never get into that class like I could not get into it so, and I just like looked in the window and I was like oh my god what are you guys doing in there <laughs> it looks so magical I want to um, do it I want to do that I want to play but I could never <laughs> get in so I just I never took a class uh, but when I moved to Detroit Michigan after college for my first job outside of school I was a web designer and we I worked at the newspapers and we had to do these things where we learned about other departments and what I was like I want to learn about the printing department because this is my time I'm going to do it and we were like they were doing some color matching or something with a Pantone book and I was like yeah that that skin tones too um you need to add a little bit more yellow <laughs> and they're like what how do you know and I was like clearly give me that Pantone book I was like <laughs> flipping through it and I was like you need to match this one here and they're like like holy cow how did you do that and I'd literally never seen a Pantone book in my life but I figured it out (laughs) and and so then like I got to learn about the history of printing from them those guys there were really really nice about it and then I like went home and like googled history of printing (laughs) Read Mm -hmm. read the entire internet about it and then I typed in letterpress printers Detroit and I found one and I was like can I come see your space? <laughs> like type it in. <laughs> and I was like, and they're like, yeah, we're having an open house. And I was like, I'll be there. And I went there and I like, I still have the print that I made there. And I, I in that moment, it was 27, 2007. Yeah. 2007. I was like, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to do this someday. <laughs> I, yeah, I need to do this. And so since 2007, I've just kind of been like, well, that's never going to happen. There's no way I could ever do that. I don't know why I would think that I could. It was a lot of self-doubt and like limiting beliefs and stuff like that. But then uh, when I got into stationery, I was like, like wedding and stationery. I was like, oh, oh shit, this is, this is where I, this is how I could do this. <laughs> so I actually printed my first letterpress suite. Like somebody paid me to do letterpress suite for the first time in 2021, <laughs> if you can believe that. That's awesome. <laughs> and, oh, wow. I know. <laughs> and I, but I have a friend who lives not very far away from me that has a Vandercook. And I took a typesetting and letterpress class with her in, I think it was 2019. And I was like, yeah, this is dope. I need to do this. And I told her, I was like, I'm going to do this someday. And she's like, you go girl. And I was like, no, I'm going to do it. <laughs> <laughs> and she was actually the one that sent me the email about this press that was available. She's like, hey, I know that you've like always talked about doing this, but here's an email and maybe good luck (laughs) (laughs) and I was like I don't think she expected me to do anything I think she just was like yeah whatever and then I was like no I'm gonna do this (laughs) she's like oh really (laughs) like yeah really I bought it it's mine now she's like oh (laughs) I love it well you did find a pretty good little setup right I mean so you got your press and what else did you get from the lady that her shop was closing right yeah, she was moving and she was just shutting down. She had a retail space in Longmont, which is about an hour north of where I live. 
And um, fun fact, I just found out that the shop, she's the person she sold the shop to, my gosh, that's really hard to say, <laughs> is, in the, is another letterpress printer. Oh, so it's like, oh funny. no way! Yeah, I was like, oh my gosh, it's destined to always be a letterpress shop. Yeah, Yay! that's wild. But I got all the like stuff. I got all the chases, the base plates. I got a Hamilton case full of type and a couple of other things like that I don't necessarily use, but they were brand new rollers. So I lucked out there um, and I got all of her like extra tampon and like press board and all that stuff. So like, basically have it. All I had to buy was ink. That's and great. Printer. Yeah. That was it. I love that. I, like, Amazing. I think I, I think I made it work with plywood for a while as my furniture. <laughs> yep. Yeah. We've but all done that. It yeah. <laughs> right. We do what we got to do. Um, yeah. Well, Kara Jo, you are very lucky for finding someone who had basically a shop to sell because that is like, it's such a fun thing when you get like all the stuff with your press. When you just get like a press, you're like, okay, now what? But when you get all the stuff with it, you're like, what does this do? What is this? What's in this drawer? You know, and it's like a little treasure chest. So that's really fun. Um, very cool. Yeah. So how has the learning process been? Did you take any classes or do you learn all your on your own? And any big surprises? Anything that you were like, wow, this was way easier than I thought or way harder than I thought it would be? So I took Small Presses Learn Letterpress course, but I took it before I even had a press. Like I took it before you I knew even getting one. knew yeah. I was going to get one. I mm -hmm. saw it was open and I was like, yep, I want that. And I yep. bought it <laughs> under the assumption that one day I would get it, a letterpress or a printing press. And I mean, you know me and my manifesting. I just like, I want it, I get it, and it is. That's that's how that works, like in that yeah. order. And I never watched it. I did nothing. I bought it, like set up my account, and then I did nothing with it. And then <laughs> I, because I was like, I could watch this now, but like it's kind of irrelevant if I don't have a press right now. Um, I did use a lot of the stuff for Vander Cook stuff because I would go print at my friend's shop, but mm -hmm. it was like, I didn't pay attention to the plot and stuff at all. And then I took a class with my friend who has the Vandercook and Vandercook and Platten are like two totally different things. Yep. Yep. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, you, you know, all, all that. You can watch <laughs> the flatbread or listen to the flatbread episode. <laughs> oh God. Why is it so easy to say flatbread instead of flatbed? I just don't know. Um, but I don't know. Well, I just don't say it anymore. I just avoid it at all costs. <laughs> I'm traumatized. Yeah. Flatbread is basically pizza and I love pizza. So yeah. yeah. Nobody's mad about flatbread. Yeah, that's no. for sure. Nobody's yeah, ever they... mad about pizza. <laughs> or tacos. <laughs> or tacos. Okay. So yeah. you were doing some projects on your friend's Vandercook and you got your platen press. You had resources that you hadn't quite tapped into. <laughs> yeah. Well, and so I think I discovered your podcast right before I decided to buy mine and I think I was like sending emails and then I like you guys came out yeah we our first episode was in late January I think so we were probably just getting the first couple episodes out when you were buying your press so um it was probably literally like flatbreads and then you buy your press <laughs> yes. yes I remember because you Jillian you were scrolling through Instagram and you saw that I bought it yes so I think the biggest learning curve for me wasn't um, mixing ink because I have a like a crazy sense of color. Um, 
and like that was fine I think it was just like cutting paper (laughs) (laughs) oh Um, god relatable highly relatable we went on a 20 minute tangent in the last episode about how much we hate cutting paper and like papers for as much as I love what I do I love the life I've built around this career um a paper makes me so angry at this point buying paper cutting paper (laughs) measuring paper 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 weights it all just it is one big pile of confusing and annoying and sometimes very stressful so yeah yeah so tell us about your cutting paper (laughs) yeah I just I don't like it I hate it I would pay somebody to do it for me if I could find somebody that would want to cut for me (laughs) but I just didn't I didn't have a paper cutter that I literally you could cut one sheet at a time like kill me now like oh but that was the biggest challenge was honestly not even finding paper. It was just cutting it. Uh, I didn't have a sheet, like a thing big enough to cut parent sheets. So I had to buy it and then trim it with like a four foot exacto or ruler and an exacto knife. Like I was in art school or something. Yeah. <laughs> and I, nobody here would cut it for me. They're like, oh yeah, no, we don't really do that. And I was like, you, are you kidding me? You have a giant paper cutter and you won't cut down my parent sheets for me. So I just decided to buy a paper cutter instead. So I bought yep. a paper cutter. Same. I went around to seven different places here in Los Angeles. I think the furthest place I went was like 55 minutes away. Um, And not a single one of them was willing to cut the cotton paper because it dulls the blades. Apparently that's like one of the reasons. And then also anyone who was kind of willing to do it sucked at it and like indented the first four layers. And it's like, really, you can't figure out how to like protect and now having my own hydraulic paper cutter I'm like it's really not that hard to not damage the sheets and to be honest my blades don't need like they're still going good so TBD yeah I think we need to do more research but um (laughs) yes I bought a paper cutter and I think that's like my biggest challenge is that is is cutting paper and currently right now I have my letterpress shop uh like it's anywhere depending on the day 25 to an hour 25 minutes to an hour away and so I feel really disconnected from it and I think that's just been a really big challenge in like getting up and going um and like doing it regularly and that's like I mean spoiler alert I'm getting a new space so (laughs) (laughs) yay yay yeah 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 yeah. <laughs> I definitely forgot the other questions. <laughs> okay. That's okay. No, that was it, I think. One of the questions that we recently got um and it was answered on the last episode for Q&A was about how how hard is it to go from letterpress printing to die cutting on a press and I was under the assumption that it was a lot harder than it was. And <clears throat> I watched you do it so seamlessly. And I was like, well, what the hell am I worried about? And then <laughs> I come lo and behold, it really wasn't that hard on my press either. So um, just so that people have more than my testimonial, can you walk us through what it was like die cutting on your press the first time? Like, did you have to make any adjustments or did it just work out? Uh, it just worked out for me. Uh, I don't know if it's because my, I haven't had to make many adjustments to my press. Uh, I think I've had to like 
do a few roller height tapings but for the most part like it's perfect um like so, like the impression's very even um the girl that owned it before I think she like set it up and it's just like it's good to go but for die cutting all I had to do was just get dies made and then I just took off all the like press board and the tampon and stuff like that and then I put on like a spring metal and then I just put the die in a chase and then I just went to town yeah yep. and it just like <laughs> awesome worked so this I mean is... I took my rollers off yeah, of Only course. Didn't do that the first time. Oh, that sounds like a great idea. <laughs> you would have regretted that. Yeah, yeah. that's for sure. Slice those up. <laughs> yeah, your brand new rollers that you were so yeah. excited about. <laughs> I like. I like had it because they were up on the um, ink plate, and I was like, oh, "Wait, no, stop!" And I like took the chase out, and I was like, "Okay, I gotta take these. I gotta take these rollers." Yeah, <laughs> very good, very good, bravo. So that's a PSA to anyone listening who's considering die cutting or has been outsourcing their die cutting but has a press um you know definitely go slow when you start because there is the possibility that your platen is a little bit closer and it might need to be backed off a bit but i wouldn't say that you need to constantly be adjusting your press back and forth um you just have to have it set up so that you can transfer based upon what you're layering on top of your platen. I have to build up my packing so much to print. So I knew for sure it wasn't going to be a problem. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I'm golden. Yeah, no, Jillian's press is just like, so is slightly different. I think knowing your press and having even just a ballpark idea of how, how close to type high you are is like all you need to know before you die cut. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah, mine is, I have to put, I have it all figured out, like down to a science. It's like if it's, uh, 110 weight I have to put three press boards in and then and then like two pieces of printer paper but if it's 220 it's two press boards and then like a couple sheets it's I have it all like written down and then it's like that way yeah. it's perfect every time I mean of course if it's like Savoy versus Letra it's different but you know mm -hmm. here we are <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah <laughs> do you do you notice that if you're printing artwork that is more dense like there's more to it not just lines of text that you have to adjust those uh packing formulas yeah a little bit um like I did something and it was pretty like pattern heavy and I had to adjust it a little bit but for the most part like I always start at the same level and then I can kind of go from there and then I have a little notebook that I write it in and, like we did this with two sheets of that so that way if I need to reprint it or like if my assistant Kim needs to reprint it, then like I could be like, oh, the notes are there. Just go like go to town. OK, this is a great segue because I love that. You're, <laughs> I love that you're doing that with your team. A lot of us, it's just us, one person. So we keep all this information up in our brains. But in the eventual future, when we do have to bring on more people, the stuff that's in our brains needs to transfer to their brains. So can you talk us through, um, well, let us know, like, when did you bring on a team? And now how are you working with them so that like, you're not just the keeper of all the keys? I mean, I am the keeper of all the keys. But <laughs> <laughs> uh, I started, I hired Kim in 20. 2020 I believe yes it was 2020 because I think we were both nervous about meeting in person because of COVID so that checks out that timeline matches <laughs> yeah. and I um 
I do these letters from Santa every year and I started oh them God, in 2020 yes. <laughs> and I knew I was going to need some help with that because I was starting to feel overwhelmed with a lot of the tasks that I had to get done just for my wedding clients. But then I really wanted to offer these letters from Santa and I was just looking at this to-do list and it was like, there's too many things for me to do well in the time that I need to do them. And so in that moment, I like literally posted on Instagram. I was like, Hey, does anybody want to come assist me for a couple hours a week for the next like month or something? And she messaged me and she's like, I want, I want to, I want to do it. Me. I want to do it. And she actually had her own stationary business here in, in Denver, but she realized that she didn't love running a business. <laughs> she just wanted to create fun stuff for people. Uh, but like, it's one of those things where like, if you don't have the business to create the fun stuff for people, like, like you, you need both. And so it works out because I, I enjoy running a business. She enjoys coming up with creative ideas. And so eventually it just started out as her being my like production assistant. But now it's like, we like are full on, like almost business partners, but there's just not paperwork. Yeah. <laughs> like we, we, I call her my associate. We're still, we're still workshopping it. Um, like what to call her, but she started out as a production assistant and now she's like, she comes in like four days a week for like five hours. So that's bananas. Yeah. And then awesome. Yeah. Last year we did letters from Santa again and I needed more help because the first year we did a hundred letters from Santa last year we did 300. So we did three times as many. Oh my God. Yeah. And I was like, I need more help again. <laughs> so I did this thing where I called it uh, Santa's Elves or something on Instagram and people who could like sign up for a time and then come help for three hours and they get to help make a letter from Santa, make a kid happy, whatever. And they get to hang out with me in my studio and whatever. And this girl, Heather came and I actually was like, you're so efficient. Do you just want to work for me? <laughs> And she said, yes, yeah, I do. And I was like, oh, uh, okay, let's do that. <laughs> <laughs> and so now she's one of my production assistants and she comes in like once or twice a week and she, I don't know how she does it, but she can assemble like a hundred invites in like a day. It's insane. She's like, love it. like flinging that paper. <laughs> just uh, And so she helps out with all that stuff. She's really fast at like, alphabetizing and sorting you know place cards and stuff like that and then um just like general assembly so and she's always like keeping me on task like the other day she was here and I was going to do something and she's like is there something better that you could be doing right now and I was like yes and I like, <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like yeah I guess I'm do other things fine <laughs> oh fine. that's so funny yeah so she's really good at like reminding me that I don't need to do that task and that there's something else that's better for my brain to be doing so and then I have a designer that I work with she lives in New Jersey and she helps out with uh like I'll make a design and then like if there's like revisions she'll work on the revisions if there's like she sets up a lot of my laser files for me too for the Glowforge um and she does other things like uh day of designs for some clients that are like it's just like make design match invitations and like I can give her the very basic direction and she can go to town and it's it's been really great 
That's awesome. And you have a really, I mean, you've shown Jillian and I a little bit of the behind the scenes of like, you use Notion, is that right? I use Trello. Trello. Oh, Trello. Okay, sorry. So is that like your main system for managing like your different team members or is like, tell us about how you manage all four of you and all (laughs) of the projects you have going because that's not a small undertaking. Uh, Yeah. So I actually, when I was in tech, I used to be um, a scrum master. So there's this like agile uh, way of working where you have like uh, different columns for things like to do and progress done. And it's like, you know how you just like take sticky notes and you put them on the wall? Like there's an app for that called Trello. It's super basic. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And so I used that when I was in tech and I used that to manage a small team there. And so I was like, well, I could just, I was starting to lose track of my own tasks. And so I was just like, well, I'm just going to put my own stuff in there. And then I started adding team members and I was like, do you want to like do this with me? Do you want to? like work in here with me and so I mean I was they were all on board with it um for some of them it was new technology that they had never really utilized before so like there's a little bit of a learning curve but overall it's been like pretty easy to get everybody onboarded but we have a current tasks board and so you have like a board for um you can different people do it different ways but for us we have a current tasks board and so in that board, there's like columns. And I think I got to pull it up to remind myself. It's like to do. So like all the things that we have to do, which is very obvious. And then it's in progress, like what we're actually actively working on. And then we have waiting on clients. So like after we send them a like a proof to approve, like it sits in that column, like we're waiting for them to get back to us. And then if it's ready for print or if it's ready to be ordered, it gets moved over. And then we have like in production. So that's like if we're, you know, printing envelopes or if we're making wax seals or if we're assembling an invitation suite, it's in that column. And then we have completed tasks, which is just like my favorite, my favorite column because it means it's all done. I don't need to do it anymore. <laughs> we love to check those boxes, right? Like one. anyone ever. Yeah. Yes. But then we have another one that um, we just started called Client Tracker. So we can kind of see, because one of the things that we were really struggling with was having like a source of truth for each client. You know, we have Dubsado, which has like the invoices and stuff, but not everybody has access to Dubsado. Just Kim and I have access, you know, so like the other team members can't really see that. So we created a, a card for each client. So, you know, we'll have like, M. Miller, for example, and then her wedding date. And it has a link to her invoice. It has a link to all of her proof forms. It has a link to her Pinterest. Any inspiration, it has all the meeting notes in it so that like Kim can go in there and see all the notes if she gets into my email and is like, I don't know what this person's talking about. She can reference my notes. And, you know, like if like we'll put production notes in there, like, oh, you know, we need to tie the ribbon this way or stuff like that. And then there's different columns for that, where it's like, it's, they're ready for onboarding, or they're currently being onboarding, and then currently onboarding. And then it's like, what stat, like what status they're in, like if they're in the day of design, or if they're in the day of production, or like that kind of stuff. So we can kind of see at a glance, like how many clients we're currently working on, 
for invitation production. And so we can be like, oh, we have a lot that we have to mail out. Like we're going to need extra help over the next few weeks. Yeah, so we can that's smart. See at a glance. I love and, that. And yeah. We have, Kim and I have a, a Monday morning meeting, which we call the 3M, which is like, God, 3M. <laughs> <laughs> I love it everything sticks uh, to that meeting yeah everything sticks <laughs> uh and that's just like wait we go over clients that got married over the weekend and like things that went well and things that uh didn't go well and then like things we want to keep doing and we have that for each of our clients that got married over the weekend and then things that happened last week so like last week we um, had these place cards that we were organizing. It was a 200 person wedding and we were all referencing an old spreadsheet. And so it had 22 tables on it. And I was like convinced that it was only 21 tables and everybody's like, no, it's 22. And I was like, no, it's 21. <laughs> and we were all referencing an old sheet. And so it's like, now we know to like update the tracker with the current sheet. <laughs> so yeah. that when everybody's referencing a sheet it's the current sheet um it also has like we've decided to now make it a rule that you know we only use google spreadsheets like you can't send us an excel spreadsheet because i don't know what version you have i don't know and like if we all have the same google spreadsheet like it's always going to be up to date so that was like a thing we learned last week that we'll use going forward you know we've been a little lenient with it but not anymore no more yeah, well, it's brilliant when you can like evolve systems to make it like to fine tune things, you know, to never be done evolving and never be done like this is the only way to do it. We've got it. It's like, yeah, well, we learned something new today. We're going to not do that again. You know, that's great. I love that you do this because hearing you talk about the things that you guys do to keep yourself organized, to keep all the balls in the air actually sends like a thrilling excitement through me because one of the things that totally gets lost, and I don't know if you felt this way when you worked independently, although it seems like you've always been really good at systems. But when you're working independently, you lose a sense of regulation that comes with some of these things of like checking in with your team, talking about the last project, what went wrong, what didn't go, you know, like when something goes wrong for me, I just call Mariah and I cry about it. <laughs> like, <laughs> Does that fix it? I don't know. <laughs> I actually really miss the Monday meetings we had in my old firm. It's like so much more productive. I feel like, I feel like it multiplies how productive you are. Um, especially when things go wrong, but also when things go right and you could like recreate that in the future. So I'm jealous, but, um, I don't, I, yeah, I feel like managing a team is probably a really big step. It sounds like Kim kind of like, I guess, right time, right place and just kind of naturally fit in. But how did you decide? Like, was it just like, I'm overwhelmed. I need people. Or was it like, I consciously, like, did you consciously make a decision? Like, I need a team. I need like a group of people who can be responsible for A, B, C. And so that I can be free to do, you know, X, Y, Z. Or was it just more like kind of as things progressed, it just happened? So I think it started out as, oh, I need help. Help me. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not very good at I'm not very good at asking for help. And so uh, it's actually one of the things I've been working on over the past few years is like asking for help. And I've been like consciously working on it. So I'm like, when I'm upset or frustrated, I am trying to work on articulating why and what is making me frustrated or upset. 
Um, and so I think one of the things was like, I'm feeling overwhelmed because I have too much work to do and I can't do it all myself. And so I was like, how do I solve that problem? And it was the like, I can't do it all myself. I should have somebody come help me <laughs> kind of like epiphany. And so it was definitely with Kim, right time, right place. Like we are best freaking friends. Like I am constantly talking to her. Like it's, it's weird. Like it's like we're best friends and like we can't get enough of like talking about the business and then like talking about the rest of our lives and like we have these grand dreams you know like we'll drink a glass of wine and we'll like talk about the empire that we're gonna build you know like and and some of it was like well you know last year for Santa Letters we also are very candid about talking about things that were like I don't like that process how do we make that better um I, that took way too long how do we do that faster next time you know, and we spend a lot of time, like, we make jigs for things, you know, like the address wraps that you like stick on and then they wrap around. Like we have jigs for like four different versions of those. So it's like you slide the envelope in, you stick it on, you fold it over and it's perfect every time. And it saves you time trying to line it up, like trying to restick it. And then you're like, oh, I ripped it. Now I got to reorder it. So we see like a thing that we're doing over and over and over again. And we get annoyed by it. And then we just figure out how to do it better. That's <laughs> and awesome. one of the things was last year was, yeah, one of the things was Santa letters were like, that was a lot. We need another person. <laughs> and then we came up with the Santa's elves helper thing. Santa's helper. I can't remember what we called it. And that was I really helpful. Was we learned yeah, that. that sounds like, right. Yeah, that sounds right. And we learned that having a third person there to help us that like isn't, so invested in the business because we're both very invested in it we're like every time we get a payment we're like yeah we did it we made the money <laughs> um and so it's been nice to have like somebody who is very good at production to do those things and we've also started to recognize that there are design tests that I don't need to do because like my clients are paying us for sorry our clients are paying us for the creative ideas that we have and me setting up an address template is not a, a thing that's useful for my time so I can have somebody else do that for me that will like that time spent will allow me to come up with some crazy cool creative idea for like an escort board or something you know so like just figuring out like that task can be done by somebody else and it's not like a unique to my brain task it's setting up an InDesign template based on a template that I or design that I've already made yeah you know so yeah I don't know if yeah. I answered your question that totally <laughs> does and like it's the best use of brain power right like your time is limited so what does your time like need to be dedicated to and what can you like relinquish control of and I think also like when you work for other people and you we've probably all had these managers who are not capable of doing that they may also be known as micromanagers but like when you have management that can't do that, it's so limiting. So the fact that you can just be like, look, I know that I don't need to be directly responsible for the addresses on the envelopes. Like, obviously, if they're wrong, you're going to be like, nope, this is wrong. Fix yeah. it. But like, it's like you being able to do that is huge. And I, I imagine it's probably a big part of your success is being like, <laughs> okay, I don't need to have my hands on literally everything. Um, right. That's huge. So bravo. Bravo like, to you. I don't need to put every stamp on. Exactly. I'm gonna show you how I like to have them put on, 
Yeah. Um, I have a very specific like distance that I like it from the corner. Um, and I like them to be spaced out. And what's really great about my team is they're like, okay, it looks like this one has three stamps on it. And they go, how do you want us to put the stamps on it? And I'll make them an example. And I'm like, what do you think? Do you think that would work? Like, like, I don't like, oh, this is how it's done. I'm like, do you you like this? (laughs) And they're like, yeah, that works. Let's do that. And I'm like, cool. Go ahead. Have fun. <laughs> like, yeah. And I went to Ho- I went to Hawaii for two weeks and I completely trusted my team to be able to take care of and assemble eight invitation suites while I was gone. And they did it. They That's nailed amazing. it. Like, that is so great. So yeah. incredible. Yeah. So it was kind of crazy because like I've never done that before. And we spent a lot of time setting it up. Like we made like a document with everything. Like I took pictures of like this is how I think it should be done. But if you think it should be done some other way. And like at one point, like green string showed up and it was the wrong green. And like Kim had to go to Joanne's and get another green string. And like, I never knew about it. It just got mailed out with the correct string. And like, she's like, I got to go to Joanne's and get some string. They had keys to the house. They were taking care of my cats. It was kind of crazy. Aww. That's so amazing. <laughs> yeah. So. What a great team. They're the best. I love them. I tell them every day that I would die without them. So. Aww. Um, so like you have been, I feel like you've always, you're always doing different things. So I think you posted some stuff on Instagram this weekend of like some big displays and stuff. Um, so you're not just doing stationary. You're also doing day of things. Like, is there a limit to like what you'll do for your clients? Like what projects you would take on? Like, what would you say no to? And what like do you get most excited about, I guess? Um, there's not a lot I'll say no to. I will say no to a client that is not a good fit for the brand. So all of the clients that you've seen fit with what we want to do. And that's because we have like a, a like a rank, not like a ranking system. But it's like a it's like we rate them against certain certain parameters. Like, is this a, a thing that we get excited about? Is this a design we want to do? Do we like their aesthetic? Is this a place that we want to have our stuff shown at, you know? Um, so like, we'll say no to the client from the beginning so that we don't have to say no to stuff that they want to do. Um, it kind of just sets us up to like, only do the things that we want to do. And there is really nothing that else like once once we're booked and once we come up with ideas like if they want me to go build them a moon like I'll go build the moon for them like <laughs> I'll do it I'll, I'll figure it out um I had you know like um this past client with the I don't know if you saw it, it's like honey on little shelves yes um, we oh so this was her idea she's like I think I want something big and impactful our last name is gonna be honeyman how adorable is that? And we're going to give away jars of honey as our um, party favor. She's like, so I want the guests to come in and like experience something big and impactful. And I'm like, okay, cool. Let's figure that out. And I came up with a couple of ideas. You know, I was like, do you want like, do you want a table or do you want a wall? And she's like, I want a wall. I'm like, okay. So like, and I go, do you want them to look at it or do you want them to take it? So I have these two, um, these two types of escort displays in my mind you're going to take something or you're going to look at it and if you're going to take something that requires like a different level of engineering but if you're just going to look at it that also requires like different design needs so 
And like, once I get like, figure, like I figure out you're going to take something from this. That's what I like go into that engineering mode of like, okay, what's the size of the nail? Like what hole do I need to punch in this piece of paper to hang it? Um, oh, if, if they pull on this too hard, will they pull the, the thing down? That means then we need to put supports in the back. Um, oh, so for the honey jars, there are hexagons and there is eight on some of them, six on another, nine on another. And we came up with this idea of, so it's very windy in Colorado and like not flat. And so we're like, well, what if it's windy and the jar shift? Or what if they, it's like on a hill and they all slide down um, to like one side? Or what if somebody gets too drunk and bumps it, you know, like, and then they all slide off. So we made these inserts that were cut to the exact size of the hexagon jars. And we put those, we glued those to the shelves so that they had like a little like seat to sit in and they were all perfectly spaced. They all faced the right way. <laughs> and it was like a thing that took me maybe 15, 20 minutes to design. And then I just put it in the Glowforge, had that cut. And then we just glued it in the shelves on the day of. We used glue dots. We didn't actually glue it. Yeah. We're going re- yeah. to reuse those shelves. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. brilliant. Well, so and like, like that little that kind of detail. Yeah. That little detail makes all the difference. And that's like, that's what people pay the big bucks for, right? It's for you to think about all those things. Um, yeah. That's awesome. So, okay. So like what types of things do you guys all, like you and your team, what do you guys get most excited for? Like when people come up with some like big thing for the day of, or is it like little details like cute, tiny die cut things or, you know, like what is it that like thrills you, you know? Oh my gosh, there's so many things that thrill me, but I think it's the like complete trust in us that we're going to come up with something that's perfect for their day. Like die cut dinosaurs for a science museum exhibit. Like that got us really excited. Like we were so <laughs> stoked for that. Like, And, you know, just allowing us to come up with these like really creative ideas that are not just like a printed seating chart. Like we can print a seating chart, but we're going to do it in a cool way. You know, like we're going to print it on fabric or we're going to print it on MDF and like make it look like gemstones coming out of the ground. Like, um, I think it's the it's things that excite us are the things that our clients trust us to do. Like implicitly, they're like, you, you go, you do you. And we're like, okay, yeah. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I love that. Yeah, I I just love nothing more than like, think a lot of people forget that like stationers and designers like at at the heart of it were artists right and like that stuff is like when you're gonna get like our best work is when you allow us to just like come up with the craziest things and yeah. like yeah it takes some energy and some mental focus to get those ideas but like when we do and we're excited about it like you're gonna be excited about it and also I love those dinosaurs I was just looking at them earlier today before this episode I was like I was like what if I was like she did some really cool stuff I should look and like see if there's anything I want to ask questions about and I was like the dinosaurs I remember yeah. the dinosaurs I think also you did like some really cool ones with like um it was like keychain shaped, like the, you know what I'm talking about? Like the national park kind of keychain style that yeah. you did like a seating chart with. I don't remember. Yeah. You do some really cool day of stuff too. Um, <laughs> yeah. So the the dinosaurs were really fun. That was another uh, way that we, so we like to find ways to save time when we do stuff. So what we did is I discovered a new way, a new marker, because we use a specific type of oil-based paint when we fill in an engraving and it takes a really, really long time. But then I found it in marker form and I was like, this is life changing. And those freaking markers are no joke, like $9 a piece. And we needed, I think we needed like 15 of them. 
to do oh this. It was a 250 person wedding. Yeah. So it was a lot. And but but it saved us. Like we were able to do 250 fill-in engraved names in a day, whereas that would have taken us with the paint method, that would have taken us probably a week. So like we cut out four days of production time by spending just a little bit more money on a marker versus like a, a jar of paint. Um, and then we set everything up like in a way like these are table table nine, these are table 10, like all that stuff. So that when we go, because we, we do on-site setup too for our, our clients, like we don't just hand it off to the planner and then walk away. Some of them we do. But for these ones where you see the like bigger installations, like we're the ones that are actually like putting the place cards on the table and all that stuff. So we try to make it so that when we're there, we're like in and out like that one last weekend. Oh, my God. That was like yesterday, actually. Um, it took us uh, like maybe 30 minutes to set that up. But the thing that took us the longest was there were these little honey dip sticks I don't know what they're called I think they are dip sticks yeah yeah yeah. Yeah. or like the Uh, we'll think on it I there's there's a name there's totally a name (laughs) I'll google while you talk yeah text me when you find it or tell me when you find it (laughs) but (laughs) I didn't have access to those before the event so I had to sit there on site and tie all those darn sticks on with the name tags so like had I had those sticks beforehand on-site setup would have taken us 35 minutes, but instead it took us two and a half hours because we had to tie all the tags and we didn't know how long to cut the string beforehand because we didn't know anything about the stick. And so mm-hmm. it's like, we had to figure that out on site. Thankfully, my husband was there and he and I like came up with a plan and it was like, he did this, I did this. And then when this was done, he held the stick and I tied it and, you know, like, all that stuff. But had we had that before, we would have just shown up and then left and I would have gotten two hours back of my day. Um, but then again, it started to rain while I was there. And had we had the paper out, I think it, I think it may have been printed on an inkjet printer and it rained. Table names would yeah. have gone away. So mm-hmm. it's like hindsight, like, okay, I wasted two hours, but also like, did I, did I save the wedding by not having them <laughs> sit in the rain? <laughs> It all yeah, worked out. Likely. It all yeah. worked out. The universe um, was on your side. Yeah. They are referred to as honey dippers or honey drizzlers uh, or honey wands, which I like. But I like honey Ooh. drizzler. We'll stick with that. So anyway, because yeah. I do have a technical name. Now but, I know. Yeah. Um, it is. I mean, it is funny to think like, uh, so do the majority of your, I, you probably do day of for most of your clients, but do the majority of them have like an on-site like assembly situation? I would say about half of them these days. Uh, the one that uh, with the keychains in Montana, that one was, I did all of that, but I actually gave that to the couple and then they like, they did the onsite that for them. I did. I wish I could have gone to Montana for that one, but I didn't. I love Montana. <laughs> yeah. Uh, a lot of the local ones, um, there's a specific group of planners that I work with that prefer if I do onsite for them because they know that if I do it, it's going to be done right and it's going to be done perfect and that's why they hire me because I'm a perfectionist <laughs> <laughs> yeah I think that's great though I mean it's so nice when you have local weddings that you can do that for too um it yeah. seems like you have a lot of business that is local is it mostly just like the planners that you work with and referrals and things so I do have a fair amount that's local and then I have um 
a fair amount that's not local. Like I, I would say it's 50, 50, uh, but the local weddings, it's like three planners that I work with that have like high budget clients that, that can afford the like onsite stuff that they, yeah. they want to pay me for. So yeah, I would say it's a lot of planners. There's a couple people who come to me without planners um, and they don't generally want like the big stuff. So it kind of works out. Yeah. Shakes out just right. That's good. Um, okay. Jillian, anything else you want to cover? Um, I think all of my things are now unwork related. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I have one more that like, I want to ask about nap design co and that is like, so you've obviously accomplished a lot in a reasonably short amount of time, but what's your like biggest, scariest goal for the future of nap design co? It doesn't have to be like, I don't know, numbers or anything, but like, what's the like one thing you want to accomplish that's like on your, on your goal list? What are you manifesting next? I guess. <laughs> okay. Okay. So I'm manifesting next. Um, I'm about to sign a lease on a bigger space that will house my entire company, uh, letterpress design production all in one spot. Um, it's really scary. I know. <laughs> Yay. Yay. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> yeah. Okay. It's really scary because um, I almost signed a space for a retail space, but I decided not to. Uh, that was way too scary for me because I just didn't, I, I didn't want to like not be able to afford people to work there. And then I didn't want to have to sacrifice my personal life to always be working there. And so I had to find a happy medium. And that happy medium is this other space, um, which is three times the size and only $500 more. So, Okay. Seems like Why a smart not? business decision. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's, it's in Rhino, which is the River North Art District in Denver. So like I'll be in like an area that's surrounded by artists and cool stuff. So that's, that'll be really fun. But beyond that, it's um, this idea that like we want to build, we don't want to be just like invitations and then like day of, we want it to be like a, like a, like a brand, like a household brand of like, the ultimate dream is so cheesy is that like somebody gets engaged and they reach out to me for their invites because they've been wanting to work with me since before they were engaged. And they're like, that's really great. Thanks for your, uh, asking me to marry you. I said, yes, but hold on. I got to contact Kara and see if she's available. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, I love that. I know that's really cheesy, but it's just this like, um, I want to be like, like synonymous with like a big experience for their guests. And I want the the clients to just feel like they're in good hands and like they booked me and that's all I have to worry about. And they just come to me with an idea and they're like, I don't know, big and like uh, this color. And I don't know, I like horseshoes. And I'm like, okay, sounds great. And then we go, we go to town and we make something beautiful for them. So that's kind of it. But like, it's scary because like the going to require like a large team of people like Kim is going to have to manage some people Heather might have to manage like a production team and like that just sounds like really like it sounds like a company like a big company <laughs> that sounds so yeah. scary <laughs> that's awesome it's yeah. exciting yeah but we'll see we'll I see. love it so you've signed the lease on this new space or you're about to not yet I have some questions uh okay. like can I get a 220 volt 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> we do. We do know what you mean. Exactly what you mean. Um, Amazing. Yeah. Yes. Well, keep us posted on that because obviously we'll love to celebrate with you when, when it does happen, uh, if it happens and we'll just manifest it for you. It's happening. So uh, great. <laughs> so new space, new equipment, because that's what happens to us all the time. Literally. Maybe, probably. Probably. Um, uh, maybe. I don't know yet. If I want to, if I, I think I just want to focus on growing the business first, growing the business first before I add a new friend. Um, mm-hmm. But I think I have, we have a ton of ideas and I think our current challenge in executing these ideas is that we're so far away from Dorothy or letterpress that we can't just like, oh yeah. And then like, let's spend the rest of today pressing these ideas it's like okay let's figure out when we can all go up you know like and do it so it's we, we feel really disconnected and that's yeah. a big challenge we've yeah. actually talked about this in other episodes and 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 obviously our own conversations where like having our presses at our houses has allowed us so much room for experimentation because you can literally just be like eh, I'm gonna go try it and see how yeah. it happens um but yeah, that'll be amazing. It, I, so I, I got a space recently. It's small. It doesn't fit my entire office or anything. I actually debated that I really like working from home, but I obviously don't have a team and all of those things. So it's different. But, um, Jillian and I, like when I first got my space, she's like, all right, be ready to be like, Oh, I forgot that thing at home that I needed in order to do this job. So having your stuff in two spaces is hard. Um, it really yeah. is, but yeah, even when you have a good system, it's still like you you inevitably end up with like, well, I left the extras at the studio, so I got to go back and get those. And, you know, you end up in the car for half hour or whatever. It's like, well, is it worth it? Yes, but sometimes it can be challenging. Yeah, yeah I'm going to combine spaces and I'm going to have like 15 or 20 rulers and like 50 exacto knives at this point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, I just recently started buying two of everything. Like every mm-hmm. single time I've been at the house and was like oh crap I left that thing down at the warehouse then I would go and like just immediately order another one on Amazon but this weekend I'm actually moving into a new house that has the largest garage I've ever seen and I'm just putting my entire office in it like every single thing in one space and it's going to be amazing but same thing I'm going to be like now I have two of this two of that that seven of these well, yeah. when you have a team, it's great to have two rulers or two whatever. <laughs> so true. ATG guns. We had to we had to buy another ATG at some point because like we were fighting over our ATGs. And I was like, <laughs> that, this this cannot happen anymore. <laughs> I bought another one. Yeah, <laughs> killing your efficiency. Like yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the yellow one with the changeable things. I can do half inch Ooh. and quarter inch. Wow. All about that efficiency. Yes. Yeah. So I I really love that about you. And I love I know we talked about so many things in this episode, but really, um, like the underlying thing is kind of being in touch with when it feels like it's the appropriate time, the appropriate time to expand, the appropriate time to cash in on your dreams of always wanting a press or whatever it is that you've been pining after for years and just knowing and believing that even if the time is not right right now, it will be right in the future. Um, and just watching all of that manifest for you in just the very recent amount of time that I've known you has been so lovely. And I can't wait to see 
your company become this household wedding name? Because I know for a fact it will be. Yeah, I'm so excited. I think, I mean, I know what I'm going to call the company when it becomes that. And you'll find out when, when I, <laughs> when I decide to do that. <laughs> We're, yeah. I love it. I it's love amazing. it. Okay. So we're going to see you in October, right? Yeah. You in are in real life. I, wow. I booked my flights and my, my hotel um, and everything. I'm yes. excited. My husband's coming too. Cause he's, he's very into this stuff. So. Oh, I can't wait. Yeah. It's going to be so fun. Yeah. Yes. So Kara Jo is coming out for the Los Angeles printers fair, which is here in Carson, California, just a really shy distance away from Los Angeles. It is happening on October 22nd and 23rd. And it is going to be so much fun. Hot off the press is going to have a booth. There is going to be so many other vendors. You're going to be able to uh, try out presses. You're going to be able to learn a lot about the presses, about printing history and all of the great stuff that they have at the print museum. And uh, they'll also have like a ton of like goodies that you could buy prints and cards and little things from letterpress things like all this (laughs) stuff and I'm sure you could even buy a press so yeah and you can meet us and we can meet Kara Jo and her husband and it's gonna be so much fun we're so excited oh I'm so excited thank you so much for joining us Kara Jo it was great to talk to you and obviously we're both excited to meet you and see you in LA um so excited yeah. And you do some amazing work and we both obviously are inspired by you daily and a little bit jealous sometimes. We can admit it. Uh, <laughs> but, I'm yeah. by you guys too. <laughs> oh, thank you. It's just, yeah, it's so fun to have been a part of your letter press journey a little bit and um, we're so excited to see what's next. Yeah. Yay! Great. Well, Kara Jo is amazing, which we are not surprised by. But um, yeah, I am. I think it's really like interesting just having like followed her for a while on social media. You know, you see kind of the natural progression of things for people, and it's like I think I followed like Brit at Swell Press since like 2017, and I followed Kara Jo I think since 2020. Um, but it's just really cool to like watch people like create all these like really magical things and she did like these signs recently with these pressed flowers and this display with the honey that we talked about in the episode it's like she does some really cool really creative stuff and it's very inspiring and it's really fun to watch um so yeah it was it was really fun to kind of hear a lot of her like I don't know like background like what is all going on behind the scenes which is a lot I mean she's doing a lot but she also is like she just has so many moving parts that it's really incredible Yeah. Yeah. And I obviously it goes without saying was so excited to have her on because the purpose behind our podcast is to kind of create a comfort level in that exact space that we just watched Kara Jo transition through. So being able to highlight other um, other printers and other artists and other designers who are moving through that beginning phase is like a huge passion project for both of us because we want our listeners who are just starting out to know that everything that they're feeling is valid and every fear that they have is valid and every moment of frustration because the forums have told them four different things is valid. Yeah. (laughs) But at the end of the day, like, you're going to figure it out. You're going to do it and you're going to be creating really great work. And it's all just a part of your journey. 
Totally. Yeah. And I think like, I mean, you and I, like we both love when people message us with questions like, and, uh, you know, get us involved in the process or help you figure something out. Like Kara Jo, when she was looking at getting this press that she got, um, she messaged me because it's a similar press to what I have. And she was like, hey, I think I'm going to get this. Here's what the lady's asking for it. And here's some videos and photos. And what do you think? And I was like, yeah, I mean, it looks great. Like, you know, and it's really fun to like, to be a part of that obviously like we love to be involved but it's also just really cool to like Kara Jo was already creating really beautiful stuff and doing these really like detailed projects all the way from save the dates through day of stuff and so it wasn't like she was brand new in the whole business and just starting out with the press she was somebody who was established enough that she could justify you know the business expense and she had the background knowledge and the also like inspiration behind it so it's really fun to see that like look, wherever you're starting, somebody starts something new anywhere in their journey. You know, like even though she's an experienced mm -hmm. stationer, she's still taking on new tasks and learning new skills. And, you know, it's like, you're never stop You're never done learning. Like whether or not you're learning letterpress right now and stationery later or vice versa, like you're, everyone learns something new along the way. Like we're never done learning. We're never like a full master of every part of the craft. Like, I think that is what I love about Kara Joe's story is that like she didn't necessarily just like get a press right at the beginning of her stationary journey. She like got a press because she really loved it and was interested in doing it, but not because she like had to. Um, so yeah, I think yeah. that's fun. But and when it when it really made sense um, to serve her business well. Yeah, exactly. Too. Well, it was so delightful to have Kara Jo on, and it was great to meet her new little kitten, and I can't wait to meet her in person here in California. Um, if you're listening to this and you're thinking of coming to the Los Angeles Printers Fair, send us a DM. Let us know. Um, we're probably going to be organizing. The fair goes from 10 a.m. to 4 p.m., um, there's some really great breweries right around that area. So we'll probably be organizing like a little after fair function yeah, uh, just to like mix and mingle with our people, the people who we've connected with online yeah. a little bit more. So please reach out to us and let us know that you'll um, be coming. And yeah, we're we're so stoked about the fair, man, like to be yeah. in a, a place with all of our people. I know. So I'm excited. Exciting. Like I'm excited to see Jillian, obviously. <clears throat> but I was just uh, in Germany with my parents and we went to the Gutenberg Museum. And when I walked in and like, okay, so you're in a foreign country, you don't speak the language, <clears throat> or at least very well. And you walk into this place that's full of like books and presses and there's ink and brayers and you're just like, oh, I'm home. I could literally go print something right now. Like, I'm so excited to go to LA and be around a group of people who are also obsessed with letterpress. Um, I'm very excited for that. And it just is so different when you can be around people who like the same things and are interested in the same stuff. And we can all talk about our various presses and successes and failures and tips and tricks and actually see the things that we talk about a lot. And um, yeah. yeah, it'll be really fun. Yeah. And this is the last episode of season two season finale Woo! oh my god um, this is the last episode of season two but we will be back very quickly with uh season three we're just going to take a short little break because as you know mariah and i run our businesses um <laughs> we want to prep we want to prep for the holidays um we need to get all of our ducks in a row 
because we want season three to be like out of the park, super great, super epic. Um, Our plan, as we mentioned in our previous episode, um, it's going to be the 12 weeks of Printmas. So there will be 12 episodes. And in every one, there's going to be like a little call to action for you to participate in that will enter you into a giveaway. And we will literally be giving away so many things um, because it's just fun. Like nobody else in the print industry really does stuff like this, but people do it for like all other kinds of stuff. So why not us? I, I agree. I fully agree. And we will be airing the first episode of season three on September 26th. So it's just a couple of weeks where you won't have any hot of the press episodes to listen to. You're <laughs> going to have to go back and catch up on the ones you've missed. And then hopefully we will see some of you in LA. Whoop, whoop. Yay. Okay. Before we ended our episode uh, recording with Kara Jo, she requested that she record a bye with us. So Signing off from all three of us. Here we go. Bye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>